0: June 30th, 2023, we're in Masechet Daf Lamed Aleph Amud Aleph and uh, we'll quickly begin at the top of the Gemara again. If you recall, the Mishnah is dealing with the halachot or some of the halachot with regards to prepared items and specifically over here, wood for Yom Tov, which means to say, uh, if the item was not prepared, both in mind and maybe even with action, then the item would and could be considered mukseh has to be an item which when you look at it and it's on your mind, just at first glance or first thought, that's something that's prepared for usage on the Yom Tov. And as a result, the Mishnah mentioned really two situations. It talked about wood, which is either collected in the field together. It's kind of piled one on top of the other. It's collected. Or alternatively, it's not in the field. It's in a place called the karpif, And the karpif is kind of a secluded separate area and even if the wood is not collected over there, if it's mifuzar, it's as well considered mukhan, so again the Mishnah is detailing for us the difference between mukseh and mukhan, something which in my mind I have prepared beforehand for usage on Yom Tov as opposed to something which is uh, not so, it's mukseh the Mishnah gave us two circumstances, it talked about two places, if it's in the field our assumption is you left wood out in the field, your mindset was not to use it as firewood unless you collected it together beforehand. Collected together beforehand, we call that mechunas, that was a designation with, act, with action which showed yourself and others this is gonna be used uh, imminently for firewood. Alternatively, if it's in a collected area, which means to say it's in a closed off area, it's not in my backyard, it's not in my front yard, it's in a place called the Karpef. We have a machloket in the Mishnah, how to define that, but if it's in a karpef even if the wood is scattered, I didn't do a specific and individualized action to these pieces of wood to collect them together, we assume then as well, it's it's and it's not mukseh it was on your mind entering the holiday for usage on the holiday. The Gemara in turn, what five lines down from the top, it says, Amarav Yehuda, mar Shimuel. In mid the etzim, you cannot bring wood, ela, except for from, double negative tells you the only type of wood that is usable on Yom Tov is the following. Now, again, we know two situations from the Mishnah. We know either it was collected, we call that mechunas in the Sadeh, or it's scattered, we call that mefuzar in the Karpeth. His statement, alternatively Shimuel is His statement is you need the double positive in order to make this permissible. The only way the wood will be shown by you through action, through a specific uh, directedness in the way that you dealt with it is number one, it's gathered together all those pieces of wood and number two, they're in a closed off area. If both of those qualifications are not in place, the wood is not mukhan, but rather mukzeh. Sadeh is is certainly less closed off. We're going to talk about Karpef in the Mishnah already. We talked about Potahat that might have a lock on it. It's certainly a separate, secluded area for collection of wood. All right, so that's the statement of Shemuel. The Gemara gets very disturbed by the statement of Shemuel. Shemuel, how'd you make that statement? It flies in the face of what we learned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah told us it's an either or. The Mishnah, black on white, told us it's either that the wood is mechunas and in the sadeh or even mefuzar, scattered and in the karpif. Asks the Gemara in Shemuel, anan tenan, but didn't we learn in the Mishnah teaching the Mishnah a quote, Min pezari, and then we our Mishnah told us in the latter situation but in the, the former as well and told us if it's in the kapi, if it's in the closed off area even if it's mifuzar, even if the wood is scattered that's enough that it's in the closed off area to show for yourself and others and just the reality this is muhan. again those are the words we're dealing with throughout a bunch of our sugyot Muhan and Mukse. Mukzen means it's out of my mind, Muhan means it's prepared in my mind The Mishnah told us explicitly that as long as it's in the Karpev, even if it's mifuzar, by extension, it told us beforehand, if it's in the Sadeh and it's mechunas, if it's in your front or back field, and it's gathered, that in and of itself shows that it's prepared. How come Shimuel told us I need both gathered and in the separate area, the Karpev? Says the Gemara, in responding for Shemuel, Matnitin Yehida'ahi. Our Mishnah is really only reflecting a uh, singular opinion, it's a minority opinion. The simple interpretation to the halacha is, it suggests Shimuel, the way he told us, that you need the double positive in order to make this considered mechunas, you need, excuse me, to make it You need the double positive of it. it's mechunas gathered and it's in the of the separate area, both in terms of my action and in terms of the placement of the wood, in order to show this is Mukhan. Our Mishnah alternatively is presenting one opinion. Who's that one opinion who goes against the majority opinion? The Tanya, as the Beraita, sets forth for us. Whose opinion? Is it Amar Bishimon ben El Azar? Bishimon ben El Azar. Whose opinion and several circumstances we found throughout the halachot of Yom Tov. Lo Oh, interestingly. Uh, so we've known betilail and betshamayu throughout our Masechet. <laughs> over here in the fourth pedic we haven't really seen them. But apparently, according to Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar, they get involved over here as well. Now, their machlok, it does not apply to either of the following two cases, says Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar. What are those? Number one, al hamefuzarim shabbasadot. Mefuzar means it's scattered. Sade means the unprotected area. That's a double negative. You have neither collected nor in a safeguarded area. Everybody, both Beit and Beit agree that's not muhan. That's mukse. That is shown through your inactivity, through where you placed it. That isn't on your mind to be used on Yom Tov. She'en mevin. Furthermore, v'alam mechunasim shebakarpef. If you have the double positive, it's in the safeguarded area called the karpiv, and it's mechunas, it's gathered together. You did a positive action to it, bringing this wood before Yom Tob together. Sheh everybody agrees that's muhan. So if you have the double negative or double positive, both Beit Shammai and Beit according to the report of Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar, agree. If you have the double negative, it's Mukzeh, double po- positive, <coughs> excuse me, it's uh, Mukhan. al so what is their mahlokit? Where do they disagree? Again, learning the Mishnah, we didn't know there was any disagreement between the two. Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar tells us that they disagree when you have one of the two positives. Either, of course, karpir. And it's Mefuzar. Karpef meaning the safeguarded area. Mefuzar meaning it's scattered. You didn't do an action to it, but it's in the right place. Or alternatively, it's in the sadeh, wrong place, but it's mechunas. You did the action to it. Alham Mefuzarin Shabakarpef, Alam Muchan Mekunasim, Shba Sadot, lo yavi, Loyavi. Bechamai the stringent, more severe chumra opinion, say that's mukseh unless you have double positive. Ubetilelo yavi. Uh, that that so is he was representing So the Shimon ben el Azar is the representation in our Mishnah of Betileel. Beti That's right. Whereas right. Shemuel tells us, no, no no no, even according to Bethileel, you need the double positive in order for it to be permitted. Our Mishnah then has the heading, even though we didn't see it, the Shimon ben el Azar Lishitat Bethile. Right? So you might say well, what you normally do has nothing to do with any of this. So if I if I'm close here, have an area. Random, that's the way I so. You're asking, is there any room for subjective, based on my action type of activity? It'll have something to do with a larger conversation. When we talk about making this condition before Yom Tov, words, or before Shabbat, what if I just do this all the time? Right. Uh, so there is grounds for, if this is clear from my actions in the past, and this is the way I use it, now that's permitted. We're talking about, in all these types of situations, standard situations, let's say you're a new resident, let's say you're new to this. But yes, if your actions have proven it in the past, it goes without stating and it goes without a specific action. Yeah, yeah. good point. So is Shimuel saying bet doesn't hold like Mishnah? Shimuel says the true Betilel is not reflected in our Mishnah. Betilel of Rabbi Bishimon ben El Azar version is in our Mishnah. Shemuel says the true Betilel, in fact, need double positive. Need mechunas shebat kalpev. You follow? It's a dispute as to what Betilel said. Because he can't align with Bet saying. He's, he's just... not going with Bet It's clearly not. That's why he tells us, Yahida'as, Bishimon ben El Azar, Leshitat mm-hmm. Bet-i-lel. And here. And why, like, just to what chapter was asking, why in the Karpet do I need it um, gathered in one spot? It's a lot and. It, a lot of according, right. to Beth, according to Beresh, according to lefi Yeah, I'm just asking. Like, uh, in order to uh, uh, this all has to, the, all has to do with psychology of people and and mindsets of of entrance. It's not mukhan enough. It's not mukhan enough. I, you want me to quantify mukhan? I I can't. I can just tell you it has to do with the psychology so, of people. What? No. I have my house, I have my sade next to it. My Karpef is my uh, real yeah. estate from uh, down the road a few blocks away where I keep wood. Now you say to me, if I keep wood there, so of course it's prepared. Not necessarily. Maybe I only, it's the argument. First and foremost, that's what we assumed in the Mishnah. You have a prepared area for wood, uh, so then it's prepared for wood. Alternatively, what we're suggesting is it's prepared what, even in your warehouse. Mm. I'm going to get killed for this. <laughs> Even in the warehouse, unless the items are actually stacked and organized, they're not ready yet for usage. They just got entered in. They haven't been marked. They haven't been set in place. Something along those lines. I know you're going to tell um, me. Someone knocks on the door I and says they to want say to buy, buy this. <laughs> it all has to do with psychology. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, so you're, you're, you're one m- mindset and someone else is another mindset. My said is right outside my house, but for some reason, for sure, that's no good for anything. No, because in your sadeh, as we'll see, really reflected in the next line, um, if it's in your sadeh and it's not mechunas, so our assumption is if I'm, you know, a bird could come by and grab it, an animal could come and take it. You don't, you haven't showed with your action that this is going to be used for firewood. You've cut down some wood in your backyard. Who say you know you haven't processed it yet? Unless you always do that. You Let, that's it. the Jeffrey point, so unless this have, is you your way. Says the Gemara qualifying a little bit more, or maybe just expanding it a little bit more, so we understand a little bit more with regards to the mindset of mukhan and mukse. Again, these sorts of concepts would and do get applied elsewhere. You have to apply it accordingly in whatever mukhan and mukse situations we're dealing with. Which we'll address one or two as we go along. Not so much with firewood any longer. Amar Ale Kanim veAle Gifanim. Rava's statement is: If you're dealing with Alim, Alim are leaves of Kanim, of reeds of some sort. So it's reeds that grow, some type of reed which grows leaves, and g- Gifanim is of, uh, of vines of, of grapes, and there's there's leaves collected for whatever reason you're collecting those leaves, but you have those collected. Oh, wait a second, if you have those collected, and let's make it better, you have them collected in your karpif. Afal gav u motve. Even though you are mechanef, Le- lechanef means to gather them together, even though you have gathered. You have a pile of leaves and you've been motveh and you place them knowingly, carefully. Let's go further and follow again, Shemuel, even in your karpif, nonetheless, that's not considered muchan. What do you want me to do more? I collected them, I placed them purposefully because if the wind were to blow, it would disperse them. We therefore consider in your mind, we say that in your mind they were never actually gathered. You went outside and you raked the leaves until you put it in a bag the gardener or you have not done your job. Why not? Because a wind comes and blows it away. So you, you effectuated something for a minute or two. That's not considered mechunas. We're qualifying over here in the Gemara, or maybe we're quantifying, we're explaining what does it mean to be mechunas. Mechunas means a purposeful, semi-permanent action of placing this together. That in your mind, they'll be in this pile for usage at some later date. If it's over here and it's going to be dispersed, somewhat quickly, in the next day, in the next hour, in the next several hours, that's not considered mukhan. Is there a way of changing that? It's very technical and simple. mana However, if you were atnach, if you placed upon them from yesterday, a mana, a mana means a, an object, a something, if you put something heavy onto those leaves before Yom Tob, shapir oh, dame. that's sufficient, that works. Shapir means good, Dame means it's a similar. That's an expression which means that's sufficient. So, in other words, if you're trying to deal with Mechunas, uh, the detail, uh, the specifics notwithstanding that we uh, devo- developed and understood from over here is it's Mechunas in a real, purposeful, lasting way. So that when you enter into the holiday, you say to yourself, This is going to be there and it is prepared carefully and, uh, and in an appropriate fashion for usage on Yom Tov. <laughs> the so wood or the leaves. Maybe there's a process to have them dry or something. So when you cut it down, they left it and they didn't want to gather it yet. So that's why it wasn't ready. Uh, okay, so very nice. Solomon's helping me with uh, dealing with you, uh, Jared. Uh, Solomon's saying that you don't like it. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. Solomon says su- he suggests. Right? Say do to you should right. Put an item on it so it shouldn't fly. Oh, no, no, no. One second. He's on the pa- last point. I think H- his suggestion is why when it's mefuzar if it's in my karpeth, I don't see, he's making, but I said, I said you haven't, yeah, I gave the example in the warehouse, you haven't yet uh, marked it or whatever. So he's giving an action over here. What are we talking about with what he said? Maybe you leave it out in the field until it dries and you haven't yet collected them together. Unless you collect it together, you haven't showed that you actually finished, quote, the processing. That's what he's suggesting and helping. much more says it's okay, because according to that, my action's not finished. And it's, a process, it's still in the process of drawing. No, it's, it's it. done. It's done. It's piled on top one on but top it, of the other. But but the, but he's not saying that uh, the item doesn't have to fly away. I could have put on it the, a paper cup that showed it was uh, good. He's saying mana, why doesn't he say mana sheha item doesn't fly away? You're telling me that I'm uh, I, I'm injecting that? Rashi injects that. Rashid Rashi Dibura Mathilvi at Nachmana alayu, I'm about uh, twelve like, to put weight on top of them, Shapir because in your mind, you now depend upon the fact that they will be there. If it was a paper cup, you wouldn't be. You're right. She is injecting that where we didn't see it per se, explicitly in the Gemara, but it's logical. Again, we're getting into the psyche of the person. Karpef is outdoors. It's all all outdoor uh, place. Is the word the same thing as mekonas? Is there a reason why they use a different word for the other? I think Mechunas is Hebrew, and Mechanfeh I think, is Aramaic. I think that's the only difference. So the Mishnah reflects the word Mechunas. The Gemara does Mechanfe. Okay. I, I don't know any uh, other... Is it a different action? I or... think it's the same thing. I think okay. it's just Hebrew and Aramaic. It uh, says the Gemara onward, Ezu karpef. Now, the Gemara is a little bit technical over here. I even brought uh, for myself my cheat sheet um, in order to present this Gemara. Um, the Gemara now is going to go into the two opinions we had in the latter part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, what's the definition of a karpef?" So I'll read to you the words and then we'll go through it in the Gemara quickly. It says the Gemara, it uh, says the Mishnah, two lines from the top again. Ezu Karpev. so we talked about a karpef, this uh, area which is safeguarded for the collection of wood. First opinion, כל <laughs> says, it's any place which is close to the city. If you recall, we briefly mentioned what it mean close to. Rashi says, mamash. Rosh says, even further distance. Okay, regardless, it's something about the proximity. It's about the closeness. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. רבי יוסה אומר, lo alternatively, says that it's any place which enters into with a potahat. potahat like with a key, it has a lock. It's closed off to that extent. The afilu, and he continues. He says, and it's even betoch hum Shabbat. Even if it's much further out, it's altogether outside of the city and two thousand amot beyond. It's three thousand feet out. And that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. The question is, with regard to their two opinions, that's what the Gemara is going to address right now. They're very different, but how different are they? are they speaking to one another or are they on altogether different visions altogether different so the Gemara is going to have that tzafik. in other words and just to articulate it a little bit more uh, does the second opinion the opinion of Rabbi Oseh, does he in any way admit to keep in mind everything we're talking about back to Jared everything we're talking about everything has to do with your mindset does he in any way speak to Rabbi Oseh? see Rabbi Oseh says it has something to do with the lock would Rabbi Uda agree that the lock is necessary when it's in close proximity? He might. He might also know, then they are talking to one another. Does Rabbi or see? the second opinion, does he agree with Rabbi Uda that location plays a role? Yeah. And he's just telling you how to get further? So that's what the Gemara is going to have a Safiq about at the onset. Iba'ayalehu. Iba'aya lehu. means they had a question. They had a difficult... Who's they? The Hakamim the who were studying this in the Midrash at some point or another. Hechika amar... How was it stated in our Mishnah quote kol on the one hand we might suggest that rabbi uda's opinion when he says kol lair," rabbi uda only articulated proximity he only articulated space so our question is does he furthermore ab necessitate ve does he say it needs to be close and need a key? In other words, is Rabbi Uda that stringent? No, so he tells you it needs to be close. Rabbi Uda says, no, 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 even if it's far, but it has a key. Is Rabi Uda, is, is the first opinion of Rabi Uda agreeing you need the key? Ve'ata lememar. Ata means came, Rabbi Uda, lememar to say, and Rabbi Uda is now just bringing him down one level. shabbat name. Name means as well. Uh, so in other words, Rabbi Uda is coming to say, now listen, you don't need samu plus potahat, does everyone understand what those words? Mean? Samukh meaning close in proximity, potahat meaning key, that's our first suggestion of how Rabbi Yehuda uh, lines up, and Rabbi Yose just subtracts one. It says, listen, it doesn't need to be close, but it does need the key. Odilma, or perhaps, or maybe, hachekama. This is what Rbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yose actually meant to say. Kol shesamukh la'ir. The initial opinion or beud that needs to be close in proximity, bend the eat lepotahat bend the let lepotahat. Again, the first opinion of Be'udah, according to this version, needs only one thing, proximity. It's all about where it is. His evaluation of people's mindset is, has nothing to do with how you locked it. It has everything to do with how close it is. You locked it, you didn't lock it. According to this version, Be'udah says, it's not my issue. My issue is a person has his mind on something that's close. No, 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 but it's locked up and it's 3,000 feet out. It doesn't matter. It's too far out. According to this version, Rabbi now responding to Rabbi Huda and finding himself on the other side, not together with him and just bring it down. And according to this version, Rabbi is singularly saying it's all about the protection, it's all about the key, it's all about the lock. So we have two versions here of which we're not certain how to, how to resolve this initially, as to what the mahluket between Rabbi Hudan and Rabbi Osei is all about. Second version, they are on altogether different psychological evaluations. Again, what's the evaluation all about? What's considered mukhan and what's mukse? Second version is Rabbi Yehuda says, how do I determine that? How close is it? Rabbi Yose says, does it have a lock? Anything and everything else, they disagree with. In other words, if you turn to the and you say, but it has a lock, he says, so what? It's not close. If you turn to the and you say, but it's close, he says, so what? It doesn't have a lock. That second version. According to first version of this, um, so it goes like this alternative. Rebihudah says, oh, you want to be Muchan? I'm very stringent on this. This would be the that, if it's the same Rebihudah that we know already, he's very careful about the mindset of a person who says, you want to have this in mind? If you want to say this is Muchan, you need two qualifications you need number one it's closed and number two it has a key it has a lock that's what Rabbi Uda needs Rabbi Yosef says I agree with you it needs the lock however it could even be a far distance what happened to we're talking about wood we're not talking about leaves we're in the Mishnah the Mishnah never talked about the leaves that was only Ravah's uh, uh, the novelty. key in the Mishnah? Potahat Potahat I'm calling key how do they translate it? no it's key it says key key Right. That's the second opinion in the Mishnah. Look in the Mishnah, four lines from the top. Bepotahat. You see the word. The third word on the line. Fourth word on the line. And just because potahat, so that somebody can't steal it. So that someone can't easily enter in. I can't imagine it's not. It's enclosed, you know, area. it's it's enclosed and it's locked. It's so it's more difficult. You have to climb the gate. It also shows that it's yours, and you're thinking about it, and your like, mm. attention. Oh, well, you lock it every night. I have a in, I have I it That in and of it's, uh, uh, s- same thing, same thing, good. Says the Gemara, I'll resolve this. So we're imagining it's either version one or version two. The Gemara, ironically, this is all Rashi's interpretation to the Gemara. That's the, for our purposes, the easiest way to go. Version three is, we're gonna do a combination. How are we gonna do a combination? First, let me explain it to you, then we'll read it. We're gonna do a combination of Rabbi Huda from version two and Rabbi Osei from version one. What do I mean by that? Well, again, I have my teacher. Easy for me to say this. Rabbi Huda is going to, Rabbi Huda is the first opinion. He's the seemingly the more stringent opinion. His opinion is it needs to be samu. it needs to be closed. Nothing to do with a key or not. He never mentioned a key. How are we gonna arrive at the fact that he doesn't need a key? Because the fact that the second statement, that of Rabbi Yosef, opens his mouth and talks about if it has a key, Seems to denote to us that the first opinion Rabbi Huda was not talking about with the uh, with the existence of a key. So again, the fact that Rabbi Yosef, if I'm having a conversation with you and you're already talking about it, you say, No, no, no listen, Rabbi, it needs to have a key and to be close. I so, no, 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 if it has a key, I don't need to say that. I could say in that case. Even if it's distant. So the fact that Rabbi Yehuda, the second opinion, opens his mouth at least in the words and mentions a key tells us Rabbi Yose is not about a key. Rabbi Oseh is only about proximity. All right. What about the second oh, opinion, Rabbi Huda, Huda. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> i sorry. Even with a cheat sheet, Rabbi Osei Alternatively, Rabbi Osei Alternatively, is a whole new. There's a whole new thing. He's version number one. Rabbi Osei says a leniency. But a leniency that's somewhat that's somewhat broad. It's not pegged in, I and mean, leniency we have in all versions. But instead of saying that he needs just a key, he's lenient to the extent that he's open-minded. He says either close or a key. And where do you see that in the words of Rabbi Yose? It's all filled in by Rashi. Where do you see that in the words of Rashi of Rabbi Yose? Rabbi Yose's yes. specific words in the Mishnah were: Listen to the words. Rabbi Yose omer, kol lo bepotahat. Those final words are somewhat unnecessary. He should just say any place where you enter into with a key. Why does he say with a key and even if it's so far out of the city? He's telling you the understanding of the Gemara is if it's outside the city, you need a key. If it's close, you don't need a key. Exactly so. So that's what the Gemara is now going to do. Again, it's going to suggest Reb needs Samuch. And Samuch only, in order to make it Muchan. What's Samuch? It's close proximity. And Rabbi Osei needs either Samuch, close, or Potah Hatki, if it's distant. Tashima, says come and learn from carefully reading, as we just did, the words of the Mishnah, katane from the way that it was taught, it was articulated, it was stated in the Mishnah. Quote, Again, there are extra words over there, the understanding Gemara. If his opinion was, it's all about the key, he shouldn't have said, even if it's in Thum Shabbat, those words are necessary. just say, as long as you have a key. You say to me, it needs to be close, I say it needs to have a key. I don't say it needs to be key. And even distant, I know. In conversation, we might state it that way. In Mishnah conversation, our understanding is it's spent, superfluous. You only need a key, then you would think he's stricter because then you would think it's a key and close, but he called it key and far. The right. fact that he says kol in the case. any case where there, I, I'm stressed because I, I understand it's diff, it's difficult to read here. It's where we're splitting hairs. Um, kol sheishbo. Um, is, uh, it seems to tell me any case where it has. Do you understand? It's also, the understanding is, Kol is telling me as long as it has, those extra words, it doesn't say, something along those lines, Shema'mina says the we can derive from this, we can hear from this, that that's the true opinion, and in turn, Rabbi tarte Lekula Ka'amar shema'mina, Rabbi has a double leniency. In other words, Tarte means double, two, Kula means leniency, means something that's less severe and less strict. Uh, and in turn, Rabbi Yose, as we explained, his version number one is suggesting the Mara needs to be either Samuch or Potahat. Rabbi in contrast, as Rashi fills in for us, is that the opinion needs to be Samuch and only Samuch, as we uh, discussed. Amar Rav Salah, Amar Rabbi Yirmiya, Halakha Kerbi Yose. So the maskanata gemara is that the halacha goes like Rabbi Yosei meaning with the double leniency. In other words. The halakha is, if you want to evaluate the psyche of a person entering into the holiday, when is it on their mind with regards to a karpif? Does the karpif need to be closed? Does the karpif need a key? The answer is, either or is sufficient to say. That's enough to say, I have this on my mind for usage on the holiday. Okay, well, the technicalities of all that, notwithstanding, we have a little bit more to develop and discuss with regards to muqseh. I did warn many of you that mukseh is never simple. mukseh has many details, and many, but there are many simple principles. This next Mishnah will introduce us in the onset of the Gemara to a si- simple principle. It's one that we talked about just a day or two ago, uh, but we'll return to it early on, and that's known as muqseh hamat Khisaron kis. It's one of these primary areas and domains of mukseh known as something which, because of losing your pocket, meaning losing money, it's considered mukseh something which has a high value and is generally speaking designated for one usage, but I want to use it on Shabbat or Yom Tov for a different usage. Is that permitted or not? The example we had in the Gemara was cedar wood. The example we're going to have soon uh, in the Gemara is a situation where you have stacked wood purposed for beams. In such a circumstance, the fact that I stacked it carefully in such a fashion, even though now I want to reappropriate it, mukseh, Muqseh mehamat kis, <laughs> These are easier. We can come up with examples in our own lives of something which is generally speaking used for X. I want to now use it for Y. But I said, are you entering into Shabbat? You didn't have that mindset. No, 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 I did. Even according to Rabbi Shimon who doesn't have a concept of mukseh generally. He says, you don't have to have my On this you do. It's so out of mind, out of sight, out of your anything that you never were thinking about using this on the holiday. You use it only for its specific designated use. All right, that's what we're gonna deal with a little bit over here. Says the Mishnah, en it itzim. You're not allowed to cut wood. Why not? It's a holiday and I'm doing it in order to make fire wood and bring forth food. Lominach korot, it means not from the beams. The understanding of these beams are, and we'll see in a second, it's beams which fell from a structure before the holiday. So they're on the ground, the beam's on the ground. What's the problem? Furthermore, you're not allowed to even from a, or it or, or goes without stating, I should say, from a beam which fell on the holiday second one's a lot easier to understand. If it fell on the holiday, when I entered into the holiday, I look at the walls of my home, I say, these are great walls to my home. I don't think to myself, gee, I wonder if I could pull down that beam or it might fall and I'll throw it into the fireplace. It's Mukseh. That second one's easy. The first one's a little bit more difficult. If I'm looking in my yard or if I'm passing by my old home and it's lying in ruins, why would those beams not be on my mind to use for firewood? They might very well be. We'll have to deal with that. But those are the two cases of the Mishnah. The Mishnah seems to tell us there's no using or cutting specifically wood, which comes from beams which were once a part of a structure. And lastly, the Mishnah throws in as well. Now that we're talking about cutting wood, let me tell you how you could cut wood or specifically uh, the only situations where you can't. En mevake'in lo be kardom, velo magera, velo be magal, ela The final words of the Mishnah says, if you want to cut, don't cut with a kardom, or a magera, or a magal. All three of those are, are specific instruments which are used by the professionals. Uh, professional woodcutters will use one of these three instruments, each one specific for a different type of cutting. Uh, the last one, the kopit, Rashi says, is the type of 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 standard uh, wood cutting or maybe meat cutting knife that you would use. That one's permitted. Why are the first three pro- prohibited? It looks like melacha. It's melechet uman, and for you doing it, just do it in the standard easy way, not like a professional. Looks wrong rabbinically. The question, of course, of the Gemara will be. I'm a little bit confused. When are you allowed to cut beams at all? In other words, you told me in the first statement of the Mishnah, you may not cut beams whether it fell before the holiday or on the holiday. Now let me tell you how you can cut beams. Wait, you told me I can never cut beams. That's going to be a blatant contradiction. Says the Gemara, we'll just read the first line over here where we ask it as a question. V'ha'amarta reshah. Gemara just jumps right into this. Didn't you tell me at the beginning I love when the Gemara starts like this. In other words, the Gemara heard the Mishnah. You're hearing them in the Midrash. They just heard the Mishnah, and then they exclaimed, Didn't you say at the beginning, You're not allowed to cut beams on Yom Tov. I was uh, yeah, you just read this. You were supposed to be uh, having difficulty. The truth is, if you read Rashi in the Mishnah, I'm turning backward now for a moment, in the Mishnah, about 11, 12 lines from the bottom page, Rashi, the first one, says Rashi, Rashi, in other words, this, this Mishnah will only be explained based on the Gemara. You can't read this Mishnah straight. It's one of these situations. We say that very often. Torah Shbikhtav. You read Parachat Mishpatim. Try to understand that without the Gemara, without the Chachamim over here. Rashi is telling you you're not going to be able to read this Mishnah straight. That's why the Gemara jumps in. Right? Wait a second. I don't understand. The beginning of the Mishnah, you told me there's no cutting beams. Then you finish this out. Oh, You want to know how to cut a beam? Go ahead. No, but not The Mishnah differentiated between beams and wood? You could have wood, that's not a beam. It's it's an interesting point. Keep in mind, our Mishnah had no mention of anything else, right? It had no mention of anything else, not just talking about wood, which was prepared per se. Um, uh, But to Sala's point, I think he's saying it's a beam, it was a beam, now it's seemingly a piece of wood. Right, a beam can't be cut. It, it was a beam, yeah. it was connected to so something, it was a bigger piece of wood. That now, in other words, if it was the a, the understanding goes like this. Beam's if of wood, right? Yes, but if you're dealing with wood that's already cut, so then it's already cut. That was mukha. Uh, beam is, to state it differently, beam is the wood prior to being cut. It's so the wood. It's the unfinished wood. not really finished. It's not We're really not finished. finished but it's unfinished yeah. And, and as a result, as a result, for our purposes, basically the understand, the understanding is that you can't prepare the wood for being used for uh, the fire. So in other words, you'll say to me, "No, but it's not from a beam per se. It's from the wood that I cut." That would be by extension because right. our understanding be, is uh, but our understanding is it's mukseh. It's mukseh, no matter how you slice it. If problem. it's not prepared with the cut already then you shouldn't be able if to you do you it. Had in mind, um, uh, uh, that much we don't know. That much we don't know but it appears as even though because keep in mind the first statement in the Mishnah is even if it fell before Yom, yom Tov why does not oh, that oh, be oh, in the Mishnah? The, the understanding is that that line where it says Min HaKorot in, contra- in, in, contra- in contrast to the next line it says Min Yom Tov where else did it come from? That, so it be before so you. It's okay. Maybe it's the assumption of the Gemara at this point is 100 percent; it's Muqseh and that's, and that's why we arrive at these questions. Baruch Adonai, Amen,